0: Thank you for listening to the sermons here at Ascension Lutheran Church. Our worship services happen on Sunday mornings. 8.30 is our traditional worship service, and 10.30 is our contemporary worship service. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can visit us also on our website at www.alcrpv.org. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your presence, for giving us your peace and your life. Lord, we ask that you come into this time now. We ask that you reveal to us your Holy Spirit to teach, to preach, to open eyes and ears. Lord, each of us in this room, we have a granite heart, a heart that needs to be broken. And so, Lord, we ask that you chisel away, give us your Spirit so we might see clearly the new things that you are doing. Bless us. Be with us. Let there be less of me, so there can be more of you. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. We're in the middle of a sermon series, and we're asking ourselves the question uh, that during the time of Lent, we typically turn the lights down, and we, we um, get quiet and reflective. And usually that reflection leads us into confession, which is a good and proper place. But we also, when we turn the lights down, is a time of, of romance, a time of sitting together with someone we love. And so we have this beautiful picture of um, a table and a beautiful drink and some flowers. And we're imagining ourselves sitting across from Christ, the one who loves us, the one who sacrifices for us, the one who gives himself to us. And today, we're going to um, speak to the fact that we have a God who delights in us. Sitting across the table from a God who delights in us, and we delight in them. Now, I think this word delight is one that is wrapped up also with a word that we as Christians are really not sure what to do with. I'm going to say this word, and you're going to, to just accept this word, okay? Are you ready to hear what we're going to say? This is a word, pleasure. Pleasure. I know. It doesn't seem like that big a deal. But if you go back to the last 500 years of church history, Christians don't do well with pleasure, right? Right? We have people who in a you know, monk that are whipping themselves, feeling pain so they can sacrifice and be like Jesus. You see, Christians, we have this thing where we're pretty sure that pleasure ultimately will get us into trouble because each one of us, we, we know this world, right? God has given us taste buds and God has given us the ability to make pizza, And so we start eating one piece of pizza, right? You eat, you enjoy one piece of pizza, and what do you think? The next thing you think is, I'll have another piece. There's no problem with two pieces of pizza. Two pieces of pizza, you're feeling good, but pizza tastes really good. So pretty soon, you start thinking, what's a whole pizza? Why not? And then pizza, um, you know, For But more pizza and more pizza, and pretty soon, it's only pizza all the way down, all the time pizza. Now, this is the way that my kids would like to live, right? It's the world that they would like to exist in. But we as adults, we know that there are things like broccoli and cauliflower, and they can be delicious, and they're good for your body. So we understand that this this pleasure leads to all of a sudden just nothing but pizza, So in order to avoid nothing but pizza, what do we do? What do we do? No pizza. Pizza's bad. All things around pizza to be avoided, stop it with pizza. And this has become our relationship to pleasure. Everything we think is dangerous because the road of pleasure can eventually get us in trouble. So what do we do? We start to cut it out and we become uncomfortable with things that are pleasurable. But what's fascinating, in C.S. Lewis in the Tape Letters, he does something wonderful. There's a number of different places in his tape Letters that he talks about this. I have a quote for you where I think he says it most clearly. Now remember the book, The Tape Letters, is a book written from an Uncle Demon's perspective trying to train his nephew Demon in how to tempt humans. So you always have to turn your mind on backwards when you start to read the tape Letters. But look at this wonderful quote from tape Letters. Never forget that when we are dealing with any pleasure in its healthy and normal and satisfying form, we are in a sense... On the enemy's ground. He made the pleasure. All our research so far has not enabled us to produce one. All we can do is to encourage the humans to take the pleasures which our enemy has produced and at times or in ways or in degrees to which he has forbidden The evil one cannot make one pleasure. Therefore, all pleasures are of God. And yes, I use the word all. All pleasures are of God. All the evil one can do is twist. Make you take it too far. Somehow distort pleasure. But what we have, Christians have done is we've walled ourselves off from all things pleasure. And in so doing, when we hear this word that God desires you, God wants to be with you, God takes pleasure in your presence, there's something in us that goes, ah, I'm not sure I can get there. God delights in you and who you are and what he has made the one who sits across the table from you the one whose eyes you're looking into is one who delights in you he enjoys your presence he delights in you we hear this from second samuel He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. He delighted in me. We have a God who takes pleasure in your presence. We have a God who delights in you. We have a God. And for the joy set before him, is what Hebrew says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross because the joy set before him so he could delight and be with you. God has made a world, a place where pleasure are clues and keys to the fact that God delights in us and wants for us to enjoy his world. Now, there are some like generalized delights, right? There are some things that all of us enjoy. And pizza is a good example. You don't meet many pizza who are anti um, people who are anti pizza. But I also think that there are these little things and and it's been interesting to think about. There are these little things that we enjoy that other people may not understand. Right. And they're surprisingly hard to think of. I've been trying to think of them this week, uh, but they're surprisingly hard to think of because I think when we enjoy something, we just assume everybody else enjoys it. Right, So we're like, well, who doesn't like that thing? But then you talk to other people and you're like, oh, do you like this? And they're like, no, I don't like that. And it's a unique little wonderful thing. I want to, there's something for me that I enjoy that I am of the perfect age to enjoy this. So will you play a little bit? Okay, Andres. Now, here comes. Stop it now, thank you. This is ska music, right? I enjoy this deeply in my soul. I've been to many ska shows. I, it is, it's a beautiful type of music. My wife does not think so. So she listens to this and is like, who enjoys this music? I do. I delight and take pleasure in that. So I put up on Facebook... I said, who, for a sermon poll question, what are some things that you like that other people don't understand? And I got some different reactions. I know my dad has one. He didn't react to the Facebook post. You like liver and onions, correct? Yes. How many other people like liver and onions in this room? A couple. But you take pleasure in something that the rest of the room is like, I'm good. No, thank you. Or someone put on the Facebook post, they said, um... They said, "I like waking up early on vacation." Wow! Most of us are going. You're nuts. But she's a mom. She's on way to a beautiful place. She gets some quiet, some time without the kids there, right? So, if you don't understand, oh, maybe that's I take delight in that. So, I, again, I said it, This is kind of hard to, hard to understand because I think we all just see through our own eyes. But then I have this girl, um, she comes over to the house. She's one of Hope's friends. And I'm trying to figure out what she's going to eat for lunch. And she said, do you have butter? I said, yes, I have butter. May I please just have a bowl of butter? No. I'm pretty sure you can't, you would just eat a bowl of butter? And she said, yeah. And so we had a butter. I said, well, I at least have to see this. So I, so I cut off a wedge of butter for her, and she just chomped down and ate it and then kept coming back for more. And I was just like, thank you for a sermon illustration, girl. This is incredibly helpful. But that's not a lot of us take delight, take pleasure. But I, I, I've been wondering, and this is just a thought to kind of set before you to think about this week. I want you to think about something that you take delight in. And that not a lot of other people do. And what if it's God's way of giving you a special treat? What if it's God's way of winking at you and saying, I made this for you. I made something special. I know not everybody understands, but you get it. And I love you enough that I want to give you a special gift. I want to give you something that just you can enjoy. And you and me, we can delight in this together. See, because if we start looking around and looking for the ways that God has made this world, we can find beauty and wonder and ways that God has given us pleasure for us to simply enjoy. And these are gifts of God. He gave you taste buds so food tastes good. He is the most engineering God, right? By building a system that works, but also this artist. He could have just given us a food pill. Here, have your pill. You're full. You're completely satisfied. But what did he do? He gave us taste buds. He gave us nerves. And yes, they can experience pain, but they also can experience laying on the beach when it's sunny out and listening to the waves crash and smelling the fresh air come in and feeling the sun on your skin. He did that for you. He made that for you. This is what God has for us. Now, when you look at the Psalter, and there's so many wonderful Psalms that we could talk about, but the the order of the Psalter is interesting because there are um, different opinions about how the books and what order they're in, but there there are two things that almost all Psalms scholars agree on. The first is Psalm 1 and 2 are the gate through which you're supposed to enter the Psalter. They want you to first read Psalm 1 so you can go into the psalms and experiencing them with the proper mindset. And then the last five psalms, Psalms 145 through 150, are these this word that we've locked up in the box, psalms, the praise psalms. They're ending with this all of this praise about who God is. But I want for us to see Psalm 1 as we think about this idea of delight and pleasure and God takes pleasure in us. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, they meditate day and night. They're like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither in all they do they prosper. What is the opening word of the Psalter? Happy are those. Beloved are those who do what? Who make sure they never experience the world as it should, who, who lock away pleasure, who whip themselves. No, who take delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. Who find pleasure in thinking about the things of God, delighting in his presence. Who consider the, the, the teachings of what Jesus has given us, who consider all of the works of God's hands and take delight. Those are the ones who are happy. Let us enjoy God together as we go through the Psalter. Let us look for ways that we can take delight in the law of the Lord and on His law they meditate. Day and night. So then as we work through the altar, we get here to Psalm 27.4. And the psalmist says, One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. One thing I sought, to dwell in his house to take and look at his beauty and to enjoy the things that God has done. What a great longing of the heart to be able to enjoy the presence of God. Happy are those who delight in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who find and look at beautiful things and give praise and adoration to the God who made them. This is the work of one who sits across the table from a God who delights in us. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy of being with you. The joy of being with me. He endured the cross. He delights in us. I want you to um, there's a, a wonderful article. I'm getting my phone out because I have it here. Of On Christianity Today, this last, um, a couple, of, I don't know when the issue was, to be honest with you, but I want to read to you from this article, and she is re- using this verse as a reference, and she says this. She says, This is not simple mindfulness. It is transformation by beauty. When my aim is delight, I am not as easily taken with distraction. If we delight in his plans over our plans, we find alternative outcomes. When we have taken delight in his beauty and glory, we can rest when we need to rest. We take his freedom as our own. We don't have to be enslaved to the demands of our desire or our relationships. We become lighter in spirit. A view of his glory turns our own plans and ideas into a truer reflection of his. We are free to be more than pleasers or to just put out the fires of the urgent requests of our day. The more we gaze upon him, the more our lives are illuminated by the shimmer of his glory. It is like glitter in a preschool classroom. His glory goes everywhere. It stays, it sticks, it shines when you spend time near him. You ever been around glitter in a preschooler? It goes everywhere and it takes years to clean up. You find glitter forever. And as we gaze, I love the illustration, as we gaze upon his glory, as we look for the things of beauty, as we delight in what he has done, it explodes and we start to see little bits of his presence everywhere. We start to see these little delights that he has given to just us because he loves us. We start to realize that he takes delight in us, so much delight that he was willing to go to the cross so he could be with us. He enjoys us. He wants to be with us. He has done everything. And we get to enjoy his presence. We get to take delight in his presence. We get to see now pleasure as not something to be avoided, but something to be enjoyed and giving praise and adoration. At the end of a great meal, do you get to look up and say, Lord, thank you for what you just did for me. On a beautiful sunset, you get to say, God, thank you for painting the sky those colors. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about Jesus on the cross, and rightly so, it changed everything. But this last Wednesday, I put these pictures up around the church, and you can see some of them. And I encourage you to pause and look at them, maybe on your way back from communion. But Jesus, he spent three years on earth she spent 33 years, but he spent three years with his disciples. He's enjoying his disciples. And we have a lot of stories about him, but three times 365 are a lot of nights with his disciples. And you just wonder how many campfires they sat around. Have you ever been around a fire or around a dinner table with people who you love and you can just be yourself? You don't have to put on any mask or try hard at all. You can just be yourself. Isn't there always a time when you end up looking like the Jesus that's on the walls here? You can just really laugh. You can just really be enjoying each other. This is also the God who delights in you, delights in your presence. I don't think we spend enough time looking at the things that he's done for us. Realizing that we have a God who created beautiful pleasures for us to enjoy. And when we do, we get to delight in what he has done. You know, it seems like every six months or every year or so, a video like this makes its rounds. But I always stop, and I'm sure you do too, to enjoy them because they just bring a little bit of a different perspective on our lives. I want you to watch this. And as you do, I want you to imagine that if you you took this verse seriously, that this was your prayer for the week. One thing I asked of the Lord that I'll seek after to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And if God were to grant you this vision, This ability to just enjoy him, to look at his beauty, to be covered in the glitter of his presence. I think it would look something like this. I love that video because I love that she fights putting the glasses on at first, right? No, no, I don't want, wait a second. <laughs> this, this is what it is? Do you see the verse? One thing I asked the Lord that I will seek after to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. If our eyes were really open to what God is doing, the glitter he's spreading everywhere, would we not be like that child? Whoa, did you see that? Did you see what happened there? Did you see the things that God, can you believe that? And our eyes and our face and everything would just light up. But yet we have become uncomfortable with this word pleasure. We've been uncomfortable with this word delight. And yet I think God gives us these beautiful things because he delights in you. Because he enjoys you. So your homework for this week is this. I want you to consider what is a unique delight for you? What is your ska music? What is your liver and onions? What is your stick of butter? What is your waking up early on a vacation? And I want you to start looking at that and enjoying it as God, God enjoying you. And saying, this is for us. This is our thing. I had to delight in you. I made that especially for you so that you can enjoy that thing. And pray that that will be revealed to you. And then, when it pops up this week, seek after it and get to enjoy it with God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who who gives us yourself, just like that that little baby. You, oh, you smile at us. You delight in us. You you give us your presence, Lord. We we far too often we fight those glasses coming on. Oh, we kick and we scream and we. And we don't, we don't think we need them. We got it. We're enough. But then, God, you, um, you show up and you force them on our eyes. And all of a sudden, we get it. We get what you're trying to um, cause us to see. Lord, I pray for this room. I pray just for us in this room right now that we have the opportunity to delight in you, to gaze on your beauty and for our face to light up like that. That we get to just enjoy because you for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. You redeemed us because you delight in us. Lord, for anybody who this message is not piercing into because um, our pride, our sin, our shame has created such a thick callus that we say, that is great for other people, but that's not true of me. Lord, break down that wall now. Break through. Break down so that they can believe and know that you delight in them. You gave of yourself for them. God, cause us to see you new and fresh. Let us see the glitter in our lives this week.